This Wilder's Catch podcast is proudly brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all of the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wilder's Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wilder's Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torbs, The Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we're so pleased to have you back joining us this week for another episode of Wellness Women Radio. We are so pleased. If you've not tuned in to us before, welcome. We're really glad and happy that you did tune in today. And for all of our regular listeners, thanks so much. We've been getting some incredible feedback um, over some recent episodes. So thank you for getting online and thank you for the feedback and really appreciate the nice comments and the uh, the five stars you've been giving us on our Google so and iTunes ratings. We really uh, we want to thank you there from the beginning. Today, we're going to jump into um, something that is prevalent in 80% Australian households. We know that is this it is only 80%. Yeah, on a daily really? basis. Okay, it means 20% basis. are not really there yet, but um, that could be interesting. So, we're talking about <laughs> the favorite recreational pastime of the Western world. So when I say that, what, what do you think sparks to mind? Is it like uh, some sort of sporting activity? I'd love to say it's a hobby, a sport yeah. for sure. But yes. unfortunately, it is an inactive pursuit, mm-hmm. and that is TV watching. Yeah, chilling out, watching television. And we're curious to ask that question, can you have a life without television? Because we don't think you can have a life without podcasting because we just think this is the best source of getting great information while we're on the run. But can you actually have a a great life without your television set? So, Andrew, you are going to tell us a little bit about your life without television. I know you've got a great story and how it all came about and where you're at and some of the the drawbacks and some of the the positive sides of, uh, of your experience. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I definitely don't think I have drawbacks yet. Actually, there may be some, but um, watch this space. Um, Do you really so, know who's on The Bachelorette? <laughs> no. Yeah, there you go. I don't think I want to. I don't want to. <laughs> so Andrew um, doesn't know any about So I don't own a TV, and that has been something that's been about two, three years now. You must um, get told you're totally weird. Yeah, I get some really interesting uh, questions from patients and some funny looks as what well. What about your friends that walk in the house and go, um, darling, where's your TV? <laughs> Um, no, I think his, most friends uh, of mine are pretty used to that now, which is good. Um, it is certainly a point of contention though, because a lot of patients will look at me like I've got three heads and kind of go, but what do you do at night? And that's sort of how it came about. I was finding that, uh, just working at the intensity that I do with the patients, um, and just how we interact, I would get home at night and I would need a very conscious ritual to detach from the day so that I wasn't bringing everything from the practice home with me so that it wasn't then, you know, keeping me awake at night and all sorts of things like that. And I found that I was just not smart enough to watch TV because I would sit down there. I, it would destroy the ritual. It would disconnect me from everything else. You become completely engrossed in whatever you're watching, but then 
whatever is on TV and the crazy things like, oh, the TV shows like 24, Game of Thrones, um, Dexter, the violent, um, you know, narcissistic, psychopathic archetypes that are romanticized on these shows. And then I'd be go to bed dreaming about these things and then looking out for them in the next day and getting adrenalized right before I go to bed. And that was really negative behavior for me. Um, I also, the, the other reason I made that decision is because I certainly had an idea and a vision of what I wanted to manifest in my life and the, and the things and the way that I wanted my life to go. To achieve those, I need to have a plan. I need to have a certain amount of time to allow myself to do those things. And then all of a sudden TV happens and you waste hours and hours without even realizing it. Um, you know, the average person watches five hours of TV a day. Can you imagine what you could achieve in that time? Um, yeah, it's it's just astounding. So, and that's what, from that's from the um, ABS, the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Yeah, um, it was four to five, so you, you're right on the mark there. And they came up with a study that showed that we were only getting half an hour of physical activity, but we were getting up to thirteen hours per week television watching. And all of that equated to a century, you know, ritual of TV watching of one month a year of your life. Isn't that just disgusting? In the US, it's a lot higher. Yes. Um, in Australia, there was a survey that they did in 2008 that showed collectively Australians watched 9.8 billion, billion hours of TV in 2008. Can you imagine collectively as a society, if we use 9.8 billion hours towards solving world hunger? Yeah, know, or towards... just cleaning up our own backyard. <laughs> I mean, and sorting out, you know, our problems and concerns here in Australia, getting things on track, resourcing all that intelligence that's been drained through the television screen, yeah, that pulling that my, back. It made my skin crawl. So incredible. Anyway, I don't have a TV. It was one of the best decisions I have ever made. I found that I am so much more productive now. Um, I am fairly out of touch with mainstream media, I guess. Um, so I don't get a lot of the references and the jokes and those sorts of things that people are making. And sometimes when I'm out in social circles, people talk about TV a lot. They talk about TV series that I've never even heard of a lot. Um, so, but I'm okay to not be involved and engaged in those conversations. That's okay. Um, so, you know, those, those are a couple of downsides, but this way I get to choose exactly where my time is going. I get to be really conscious about where my thought processes are going and about the information that I'm consuming as well. Yeah. So look, if there is something that I really want to watch, I can certainly stream it. I can, you know, watch the DVDs. Um, I still think that Gilmore Girls is the absolute best show on the planet, bar none. I don't care who disagrees with me on that. So, you know, I've got the whole box set. So if there's times when I really need that downtime, I can certainly do that. Um, but I'm choosing what I watch. I'm choosing the time I spend there and there's no advertising at all because I think I'm far too susceptible to, um, you know, signage and, and marketing. Yeah. So, so I think yeah. listeners, if you're curious and thinking, well, okay, all very nice. They've got their story. They don't watch TV. That's, um, that's great. That's their thing, but I like it cause it's my downtime. I'll tell you what it was that concerned me and us about the statistics around the TV yeah. watching time, because 
for us to dedicate a whole episode to this is obviously a trigger point that says, well, hang on, we're talking to wellness women. We want women to step it up and live amazing lives. But to do that, we've got to help them shift away from some of the habits, rituals and behaviors that are draining them of their potential, of the quality of life they could be creating in the time or the energy, you know, rerouting that where it belongs. Um, So, you know, if you have ever had, you know, disconnected relationships, if you've ever realized that you're just not tuning in, connecting with your partner, even though every night you're on the couch together, holding hands, hugged up together, this is what we're talking about. Because what it shows is that the TV itself is shown to have, with couples, particularly in relationships, people who watch lots of TV tend to argue more often. They have more, uh, sorry, they, yeah, they have more challenges. They have less sex. They have more unhealthy lifestyles, less physical activities, and as well, less satisfied in life in general. And I think that's really sad. And you think, but hang on, how can TV cause that stuff? And that's what we're discussing today is just, you know, are you losing your life to television? Do you even realize that um, what you thought was comforting and relaxing is actually draining you? without you realizing um i mean aside from the wasting time also they're missing out on social interactions so instead of you know watching the tv for an hour in the evenings could you be catching up with a girlfriend and you know just having you know even just a chill out time or sitting down at a table together you know just drawing doing some art together quietly in your own space being creative or if you've got a partner could you be doing something with them that would be more interactive <laughs> they were going to say intimate <laughs> intimate and interactive um then that cuddle time on the couch and even though that's really really nice i still challenge most ladies to look carefully at that interaction say is that really genuine soulful bonding or is that just simply coexisting in the same room yeah exactly do they even like each other that, yeah. that's sort of a question that I well I hope ask. so if you're living with someone I really hope you like them but it's more are you that ritual yeah. and uh that you know that rut of just sitting on the couch and not actually interacting and conversing then you know how does that go that's really interesting um so just to divulge some personal information here my partner has just moved in with me um and with him and you know with any typical boy comes this giant big flat screen and I was horrified because this is uh, um, non-negotiable for me. I don't want a TV in the house. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Right now, it's sitting up against a wall. It's not plugged in. It won't be. Um, so we may get to the point, and uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this because I don't want to know him to know that I'm willing to negotiate on this. Um, <laughs> but we may get to the point where I'd be okay for it to be plugged in but not connected to an aerial So that we could still, you know, choose if we wanted to watch a movie or something that there would be no ads. We would choose what we're watching. (laughs) I I can hear some listeners already thinking, going, sweetheart, if you like tune him out from the AFL grand final, you are in big (laughs) trouble. So this whole no aerial thing, good luck to you right now. (laughs) He doesn't doesn't like footy, so it's uh, it's okay. But watch this space, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going, you know, going through that as well, just realizing that um, when you do have television in life, there's a lot of other things that come through um, subliminally, subconsciously, things that you may not even be 
aware of. I mean, there's entire billion dollar industries surrounding marketing and media to get the message through to you, to me, to us, um, to get us to buy stuff, you know, whether you like it or not, I'm sure there is something you have purchased because you have seen it on media advertising marketing on your television screen. Exactly. TV is seen as, you know, an entertainment medium, uh, a creative medium, but in reality, it is just a medium to deliver advertising. Exactly. Because so much of your programming, well, all of your programming is funded by the advertising that will pay for it. Yeah, and that's that uh, comes back to a research study that was done by Health Psychology um, Journal Online. And it was interesting to see because they were looking at how food advertising during TV viewing could contribute to the obesity problem mm-hmm. by triggering automatic snacking of available foods. So they put that test out there they put that theory into action to see what would happen and the results came back and found that children consumed 45 percent more when exposed to television advertising adults were a little bit more able to regulate Mm -hmm. Um, they were consuming both healthy and unhealthy snacks so they were a bit more conscious of making a better choice however in both experiments food advertising increased consumption of products not presented in the advertising isn't so it's actually more curious to see that it influenced far more than brand preference alone. It triggered eating. So we wonder why we have obesity issues. It's not just that, okay, the, the media marketing is going to tell us which products to eat. Not just that. It's just seeing food on television triggers off centers in the brain that start to go, oh, actually, I feel a bit hungry. And off you go to the cupboard or the fridge, whether it be healthy or unhealthy, it doesn't matter. It still triggers you to go and seek food because you just saw it on the television well that when was the last time you sat down and watched a movie without snacking yeah it's just something that goes hand in hand it's part of that ritual and i think that's why it's so dangerous to sit down and eat your you know dinner or your meal right in front of the tv because you're not conscious of the amount you're eating you're not conscious of even how you're chewing your food and then all of a sudden it's completely gone you're not full because you haven't you know, eating it mindfully. And so you'll eat for the entire duration of whatever it is that you're watching. Uh, you, there's a reason why they have a snack bar at the movies. Yeah. Because the, the eating goes hand in hand with, um, you know, the whole viewership. And we know a lot of women really struggle with weight loss and weight management. And this could be one of those areas that you may not even become aware of yet. Um, you know, you've been doing healthy lifestyle, healthy eating programs, but just being unaware that your television time could be directly influencing your eating habits and thereby sabotaging your best intentions mm. for the programs that you've been involved in. So again, you know, why has TV got some challenges to it? There's another reason, you know, and that's that potential effect it has on weight management. It also, you know, programs you with negativity. I mean, how many people say, oh, I don't watch the news because it's just all full of drama? Thank goodness there's a lot of people who say that, but I do know a lot of people who do watch the nightly news and it just programs us with these preconceived ideas. The world is bad, terrible, disastrous. And have you ever noticed how at the end of the TV they do the little feel-good thing at the end of the news? Oh, look at this little puppy that just got born. How cute is this? It's almost like to try and bring us out of that slump of, you know, 28 minutes of negativity 
to give us this little feel-good moment at the end. So we go, oh, isn't that sweet? And so we end on come back way. the next day. Yeah, to see what cute little moment's going to happen at the end of the program. So, yeah, unfortunately, it has a direct influence. Um, and there's a complete lack of positive redeeming messages. It creates political and social bias as well. So this has come from the journal Behavioral Addiction uh, for in 2013. Um, and it, that also includes racial stereotyping. So, and this is just from, you know, sitting down in front of the TV. It's creating these bias for us because of all the information that we're getting, particularly from the news programs, the morning shows, uh, the way that they're positioning everything. It's all for a reason. Mm. Um, and it's also been attested to increasing aggression or the fear of being victimized. Um, so, ex- you know, exactly that what we talked about earlier, we're stereotyping people in situations to that expectation of something that we saw on the TV last night. Yeah, Um, so to put that into perspective, ladies, imagine that you're walking down the street going home from work in the evening and then up ahead of you on the footpath ahead, you can see what looks like the silhouette of a man coming towards you. And as they start to come closer towards you, you realise they've got a hood over their head, you can't see their face and they've got their hands in their pockets and they're walking quite briskly in your direction. Now, your first first thought right then, what is it? Oh, mugger, rapist. um, There's a risk there, isn't there? You suddenly think, oh my goodness, and there's a sensation of risk. And your brain's quickly doing a risk assessment. Do I need to step to the other side of the road? Um, Should I go into that shop there until they walk past? Um, I'm not sure if I want to go, you know, direct contact with them. What, What should I do? Your brain's quickly searching for answers only to find out as you get closer. It's your best friend's boyfriend cruising on home after having been at the gym. It's a cooler evening. He's got his hoodie on. I mean, and you suddenly have this great old conversation. Hi, I'm so happy to see you. But like 20 seconds ago, you were having palpitations and anxiety attack over the potential threat of this person coming towards you. And that's usually because we've heard the bad news on the TV. We've seen the, the movies with muggers and hoods and we've, you know, looked at the news from America where people are getting shot in the streets because they were mistaken identity. And we're starting to put all these things into our actual reality when in fact it's not a reality for us at all. You could certainly argue that in that situation, you know, this woman certainly has good self-preservational instincts. Certainly. However, the drama of it would be fueled by whatever it is that they've consumed from the TV over the weeks. Um, Mike Adams from Natural News uh, wrote a pretty controversial piece about a recent shooting in the US. I think it was a, a college shooting and how he attested that to the the violence um, and those those stereotypes on TV, um, like the the Dexter characters, for example, you know the the homicidal maniacs that do honor killings, um, and how romanticized that is. Wow, uh, and, and so how and tragic that is too. Yeah, that's pretty controversial, and I mean, it's certainly open to interpretation. But you can kind of see how you could draw that thread yeah. because if that's all the information that you are being, you know, bombarded with, yeah, then it's pretty easy to sort of walk down that that path. And we don't want this to sound like a total downer episode. You know, what we're trying to say here is it's an empowering opportunity to look at a habit that you may not even realize is causing a negative impact on your life. And of course, you know, (laughs) heaven help us. It's, um, let's just, just say a couple of words, keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh my God. (sighs) 
I mean, again, so creating unrealistic expectations. So vicariously living experiences and lifestyles through other people in the media or in the televisions. And by doing this vicarious experience, it's keeping us in this perpetual state of like the grass is always greener. And it's not that you shouldn't aspire to magnificence and wonderful living and aspire to have it. But the amount of people that have feelings of inadequacy because of these comparative stereotypes is truly tragic. And I think a lot of women have affected self-esteem because they don't look as pretty. They don't look as good. Um, you know, yeah. they, they, they're not as, as wealthy. They're not as thin. They don't have a, such a nice house. They don't drive that car. I mean, how inadequate do you feel when you see this in the media all the time on your TV screen and look at your own life and think, well, my life's pretty average, isn't it? But why the hell is that the aspiration? You know, what? and I have no idea of possible charitable or positive effects that the Kardashians the may or may not have. Yeah, yeah. But what the hell have they done? Why are we aspiring to be like them? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. Um, you know, are they remarkable uh, intellectuals um, who are creating such a legacy in the world to make it a better place? Absolutely not. You know, in a hundred years time, when historians look back on this era, are they going to look at, you know, these figures as these were the hallmarks of, you know, 2016 or whatever it was? <laughs> oh my God, I hope not. So you know, I, that I, is not the legacy <laughs> that I want to be associated with. Is, is that, is that what we're really putting out there? And yeah. It absolutely perpetuates that, you know, really poor body image for women. Um, mm. And it's directly a result of that sort of media. So I should close the brackets now and put end rant. You know, <laughs> end rant for Andrew there. Yeah, that's, I can tell that certainly gets her goat there because, uh, you know, watching her face right now, it's lighting up with frustration because I think, again, um, together we both agree that we have, each one of us has such inborn brilliance and magnificence and potential, but we often um, hinder or dampen that potential because of our own, you know, mental state, which is being affected by the environment around us. And that's what the big picture is. It's is what is this purpose that we have on this planet? And that's what the message is here. You know, we are so much more than those shoes that she's wearing. We are so much more than, you know, the, the eyelashes that she has to have put on. You know, you are not a sum of those parts. And I would not want to be associated with that whatsoever. Well, that's um, not to say that some fake eyelashes are not great. I don't, I don't, it must say at my wedding when I had some falsies on, I felt um, pretty glam. And I don't yeah. know why that is, but it's because I think it creates an experience. So I can totally connect with this idea that sometimes it's nice to put on a bit of glam and, and add some touches that you aspire to. But did it increase or decrease my self-worth? Absolutely not. Great. It was just like a little bit of, you know, frosting on top. It was just one of those, those added details that you could give or take. And I think that's where we need to be as women, centered enough and have enough self-love that the extras are just added sparkles. You know, they're, they're not who we are. They don't take away from who we are. And unfortunately, television reinforces negative ideals and negative imagery of women and women's potential. Um, not to mention how many times programs put women in, in a terrible position of being the dowdy housewife or the, the woman without a voice or the, you know, like the stereotyped positions of women. And yet we see you know, mega stars at the top of companies, CEOs, and really, if every program had a woman at the top, that would maybe make me tune in because I'd be inspired by that. But uh, generally speaking, programs don't do that. Uh, I truly think that it 
is affecting our quality of life, the amount of viewing time that we're spending in front of the TV. Uh, there was a really complex study done in Australia, which is great because we don't usually get, you know, a home statistics uh, too often. Um, so there was 12,000 people involved in this and it was from the Australian Diabetes, Obesity and Lifestyle Study. So they uh, took 12,000 people, they observed their lifestyles, they adjusted all the factors related to if someone smoked, if they were obese, what their waist circumference was, um, what their dietary habits were, um, their exercise habits and all of those sorts of things. And they made a, a direct correlation. And this is very, this is pretty sobering. Um, every single hour of TV watched by adults over the age of 25 reduces their life expectancy by 21.8 minutes per hour of TV they watch. Oh, so you're really just trading in. I'll watch an hour of TV, but I'll give away 20 minutes of my life. Yes. Is, is yeah. really what it equates to. Yeah. And literally, you mean literally 20 minutes, not just yeah. like, oh, it's such a waste of time. Ha ha ha. It's no, it actually is. It's decreasing your life expectancy and it, it ties into those sedentary lifestyle behaviors. Yeah. And the poor how eating habits. Some negative yeah. sitting is. Sorry, irrespective of whether someone exercises, whether they eat really well, um, you know, whether they're really vital in every other aspect of their life, an hour of TV still detracts from their life expectancy and their quality of life by at least 20 minutes. And that's um, a by direct, comparison. Yeah, yeah, direct, a direct health yeah. impact. Wow. By comparison, so smoking, one cigarette will reduce your life expectancy by 11 minutes. So, you know, an hour of TV is 20 minutes. Yeah, and we usually think that there's nothing wrong with television. And yet, in fact, it's a drug. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, a, it's a technical drug, a technological drug, um, drawing us in, keeping us. And there is such a thing as addiction to television where people are watching um, onwards and upwards of six hours a day in addictive personality typing, which they have to try and overcome, um, you know, and it requires intervention. And that's really tragic that we've become addicted to what should yeah. just simply be entertainment and instead it becomes, uh, yeah, uh, it's a, Such a, a strong drug. form of escapism as yes. well, um, which, you know, in, in short bursts is certainly not a bad thing um, to help to de-stress you, to, you know, calm your system down, to detach from the day. Um, but if it's addictive, um, if you need a higher dose to get that same, you know, emotional detachment, then th that's pretty concerning. And there's those serious consequences of sitting down, you know, the actual direct health effects of sitting down, the lack of spinal motion. I mean, how many people sit in front of the television with good posture? I'm asking you, listening right now, when you sit watching TV, do you sit in a correct upward posture, head centered, aligned, balance over the midline of your shoulders? Or are you more likely slouching back into the base of the couch, legs out, head forward, shoulders rounded, reinforcing poor posture habits that are training your body and deconditioning and damaging your spine and spinal nerves by virtue of inactivity and direct mechanical stress of sitting down that way in that bad position. Let's be honest, no one has good posture when they're stopped in front of the TV. Yeah, and how many have you been ever had a night watching TV, fallen asleep on the couch, gone to wake up and like had a stiff neck or stiff back or, you know, and you go, oh my gosh, I have so many clients come in and it's because like, oh, what happened? And they can't turn their head to the side and they, oh, I fell asleep on the couch. 
you know, had they not been watching TV at 11 o'clock at night, they probably wouldn't have fallen asleep on the couch in that position and it probably wouldn't have resulted in the injury that they came in with. So, you know, there's there's the potential to do some uh, physical harm <laughs> from watching television as well and, you know, the visual harm as well, you know, our eyes, um, the visual impact on our eyes, the, the, the backlit, the brightness of television screens, how close you are to a television screen. I mean, uh, I couldn't think of anyone who's had an ergonomic set up for their television room you know you do that in your office space you get you get an ergonomic assessment to check that your desk height's right and your computer screen and you know your keyboard and that your desk everything's established to try and protect your body from damages of that task and yet we don't have ergonomic assessments for our living room but on average we're spending a fairly close amount of time in you know a position in front of the television you know four to five hours a day as yeah, compared to potentially eight hours at work. So yeah, yeah so, that's an interesting notion about that ergonomic setup and that, that blue black light, the, sorry, the, the blue backlight from the TV is really important because if you go back to our sleep episode, it highlights the effects of how that tricks our circadian rhythms and it keeps us stimulated and awake. Uh, so it's certainly going to have sleep interferences as well. Um, and I do, I do know that there's people listening who are going to say, but hang on, the TV is good because it helps me go to sleep. Like I relax and I actually, you know, zone out and then I fall asleep. Um, I still dare to challenge that and say there could be more constructive and healthy ways of putting yourself to sleep than falling asleep on the couch with the TV going. Yeah. Oh, if you need that, then that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And that's also telling us a little bit more about your inner workings and, and inner health. Um, not to mention, how about the family impact? You know, the effect it has on our children and the development of our children's habits and behaviours. If they see us doing that every night, what do our children consider normal and okay? Um, what if as a family unit we all sit out eating our dinner in front of the TV and watching TV, you know, every single night and considering that family time is often a, a response I get from people. But the question is, do you really know what happens in your child's day? Um, do you know how they're feeling? Do you know who their friends are, what they did today? Because without conversation, hanging out together does not equate connection. And I really want to highlight this. I just want to, you know, be so clear that the being in the same room as someone doesn't make you connected to them. And even just looking at what the role models are for these kids on TV, you know, especially if they're watching the Kardashians or, oh my God, toddlers and tiaras or something horrendous like that. It's atrocious. It's entertaining. I, I don't know. I will say it's surely entertaining. You have to have a bit of a laugh, but children can't discern that entertainment level. They're just taking it in almost as if it's a reality. Exactly. And to them, it's absorption. They don't have this ability to... Um, dissociate the positive influences and the negative influences they just see it as it is yeah so to them it's real and to us as adults we have a bit of a laugh we can pick it to pieces and break it down into all its parts but children will just take it on as it is you know they're, they're very direct in that manner and that's the way their brain is learning as well they're growing and developing so again a really big challenge if we're using tv in our life as a family because we're teaching children some of these habits not to mention the media marketing and any parent who has children that watch tv knows that the christmas wish list gets created in front of the uh <laughs> saturday morning cartoon channel because as they're watching their cartoons kids are like seeing all these adverts for santa ideas and they're writing mad 
madly down lists with all the ideas that have come off that program. So yes, very, very clever marketing. Very Um, clever. So this all sounds fairly doomsday like, uh, it's all (laughs) fairly negative. Um, I think it's fairly clear to say TV doesn't make us happy. We know it's linked to a higher, um, rate of material aspirations and anxiety. Um, and we know that it makes us more hungry for material possessions. Um, plus, you know, aspiring to all those psychopathic tendencies like what I sort of mentioned before. So if this is something that you want to change, and we're not saying you have to, if you are doing this, you know it's a ritual that you have in your day-to-day life, you're very comfortable with it, that is absolutely fine. If you are achieving everything that you want in your life and TV is just part of that, you know, your recreation time, that is fantastic. But for those of you who want to shift this, um, if you want to consume more consciously, then I'm going to give you some tips of uh, some things that you can do, even if you don't want to throw out the TV or disconnect it. What's some TV time alternatives? What could we be doing in place of that TV time that could have a more positive impact on our life? Well, look, if you still need that disconnect, um, you know, downtime with a really great book is such a good idea. Um, Scheduling a ritual with your family where you're having uh, dinner together at the table in front of the family with the TV off. Um, you know, That'll listen. be a bit awkward in the beginning because obviously it's going to require either absolute silence and everyone's going to feel really weird with all this silence or it'll start to highlight some of those things that weren't happening, such as the talk time and the connect time. And you might just find that you start to, you know, engage more socially with each other. You might get that resistance as well, which would be perfectly normal. And you don't have to completely go cold turkey. One thing you could do is limit your time or record what you want to watch so that you can fast forward through the ads or, you know, stream it. Um, Of course, we would advocate for legal methods of that. Um, You know, Netflix has no ads apparently, so that could certainly be an option. Yeah, we Um, we download from iTunes, and the great thing there is that you get um, your your program, your series, and when you download it, you realize it's like for a one-hour television time, it's actually 42 minutes or 40 minutes of recorded straight-through watching but if you have ads thrown in there, that's how they fill it out to the hour. So yeah. you've just saved yourself potentially 20 minutes of mundane, not necessary, not life promoting ads. And you've still got to watch what you enjoyed. So really making sure that you choose methods to pull the ads out of your TV watching will still allow you that time for that downtime relaxation, but filter out the fluff and the negative influences through the media advertising as well. So I really encourage that. I love it. So you've just saved yourself 20 minutes there when you can be, you know, doing other things really life giving and adding value to you right there. Um, If you don't have those options, then every time the ads come on, get up and move away from the screen. Um, Move around the room. You could do some squats. You could, um, you know, go get yourself a big glass of water, uh, go outside and water the garden, all of those sorts of things just to help you to consume that information just that bit more consciously. Um, And also getting up and stretching uh, is going to be, you know, a bit more helpful for you as well. I just love the idea that you've got to acknowledge life is not a spectator sport. Okay. You cannot continue to live vicariously through everybody on the screen, um, and still hope to achieve everything that that you want within your life. So if you want those things, then there's got to be action that's created with that as well. Uh, 
So, you know, take that for what you will. Hey, I mean, you might spend every night watching Home and Away on the TV thinking, oh my gosh, I'd love to be there. Why don't you go out to a community college and join a drama class, evening night classes for acting, drama and speaking? Awesome. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Who knows? What you're watching on TV be maybe your future, you know, down the track. You just may never have realized your potential because you've been so used to watching other people's potential fulfilled through a television screen. How about other things you could be doing? I mean, you can join, say, a new fitness group or you might want to learn something in particular maybe martial arts something you thought i could never do that particularly through community programs you can get really affordable ways to learn new things maybe a night course in a new language what about some cooking classes or even saving that television watching time and you and your partner consciously making some meals and starting to get some creativity into your food preparation because a lot of us are i don't have time to prepare food but if you just didn't have the tv on how much more time would you have to create that meal and get some creativity into your, you know, food plans through the week and start to, you know, fashion your life and your lifestyle around some things you're really good at. You might find you're incredibly clever and creative in the kitchen, but you've never given yourself permission or time to play there because you just want to sit down and watch TV after work. Yeah, exactly. Or even just enjoy the space that it gives you, you know, go and sit outside and just be present. Yeah. When Um, was the last time you watched a sunset? Yeah. You know, instead of uh, the the television screen flashing blue all night, you know, we didn't actually see the world change colours. We didn't actually see the, you know, the night fall to darkness. Mm. That is a very spiritual connection to our history as human beings on this planet. We've always been connected to to light, dark cycles. And unfortunately, a lot of us um, are very disconnected because of these these habits we have. What else could we be doing in place of television? I mean, you could download an audio book if you feel a lot of people don't want to read because I know, you know, you're reading all day long and you've got computer screens and all they want to do is just not have to read you could put on an audiobook as yeah. an alternative um podcasts gotta love them yeah um, podcasts as well you can listen to something like that and have a discussion with your partner over you know a podcast you both just listen to pick it to pieces you know just do you agree do you disagree and that in itself can create conversation you know in your household I love it. I love it. Uh, but you know, one of the the biggest things to take away from this might just be to monitor and track how much time you're actually spending in front of the TV, because I'm sure for everybody, it may be more than what you want. So there's a few tips there that you can start to make some change to consume more consciously, which is absolutely going to benefit you and your family. Um, and if you feel bold enough, get rid of the TV, um, give it away, uh, give it to charity. Someone else will love it. Um, and I promise it will be the best decision that you ever made. Uh, so big challenge. Yeah. I would suggest to anyone who wants to do this and they might say, okay, you know what? I'm going to try this whole cold turkey TV thing. Challenge yourself and do 30 days, no TV. Yep. Just start with 30 days. See if you can go one month without television and have a little look at how, you know, that impacted you. Did it give you more time to create that online business you want to work on? Did it give you more time to complete a job you hadn't done that's sitting on the back burner? Did you get some stuff done and feel really accomplished because you'd not wasted that time on the television that you just didn't even realize you were wasting. Um, Start with 30 days. And if you find that that's really good for you, then continue. If you feel as though TV is still part of your life, well, then consciously make choices. Only certain programs at certain times, certain days of the week, but not 
couch surfing, flicking across channels every night of the week, hoping to find something that might entertain you for an hour or two or three as it ends up stretching out too. So ladies listening, we do hope that you realize we love seeing you reach your potential. We're looking at ways to try and, you know, modify some of those lifestyle habits that could be limiting you from that amazing ability that you have. And um, this is one of those. So it's a bit of an abstract topic this week. You know, I wasn't sure that this was the right one to listen to, but I think it is. I think hopefully you've taken something from this today. If you do feel as though, you know, you agree with us, or actually if you just think we're totally nutters and you totally disagree with us, jump online, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you and just find out what you think about this idea of life without a television. Um, we're on www.facebook.com forward slash the wellness women, and you can download all the episodes that you may not have listened to yet on iTunes or through the wellnesscouch.com forward slash WWR. So thank you again for tuning in. And we really look forward to tuning in with you again next week. Be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.